This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a fantastic interview with Allison Scammell. She is a master intuitive coach, psychic medium, and energy healer. Her mission is to help soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs to upgrade their energy frequency to gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. As the founder of the Soul Guide Academy, Allison has helped thousands of leaders and light workers to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. She regularly shares priceless wisdom and insight on Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided influencers ready to unlock massive soul-aligned success. So today, Allison came on and we really dove into her near-death experience that she had that is not a traditional near-death experience like you would expect, you know, where somebody might get hit by a car or be really sick, but this was a spiritual near-death experience and it was a story that I've never heard of before and it was really amazing to dive into that and we just gave some massive nuggets on how to connect with your intuition and to really trust yourself in leading yourself to create a business and a life that you absolutely love. So I'm really looking forward to you diving into this conversation and I want to invite you again to check out the show notes because there's going to be some great resources there. So with that being said, let's dive in. Allison, I'm so excited to have you here and I'm really grateful for having connected with you and I know we're going to have a fantastic conversation. So welcome to the channel. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So I love to start the conversation with my guests and having them share, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Like, what is your story? I had a 17 year and year career in international affairs, mostly um, humanitarian response. And I, you know, was living in countries all over the world, traveling, and it was absolutely the dream career I dreamt of as a child. And then about five years, maybe seven years into that 17 year career, I realized like, wow, oh, I usually feel more part of the problem than the solution in these places I'm going. I don't agree with the policy. I don't agree with what we're doing. I don't agree with how we're doing it. And when I tried to speak truth to power, I always got shut down. And at a certain point, I really started to feel hollow inside. And I got addicted to the adrenaline rush of living in these high cooker pressure environments. And I was actually really empty and sad on the inside. So I kept going from pressure cooker environment to the next pressure cooker to sort of escape my pain. And sadly, my pain followed me wherever I went. And so at a certain point, I was at a rock bottom moment. And that was really when I had my near-death experience, which you and I were talking about before we hit record. And so it was after that NDE where I was, I went through a real rebirth and I can certainly talk more about that. And when I rebirthed myself, I, I, this is when I got back on the path, I started to walk a more aligned path 
And as I walked that more aligned path, it led me to first to life coaching. And then that kind of led me to the spiritual coaching and the spiritual business coaching I do today. So it was definitely a long, long journey to get here. Um, but it was really my NDE in 2009 that got me to where I was even able to start writing my ship. Because before that time, I was just sort of a mess all over the place. And I didn't even know how how to get on an aligned path. I didn't even know what an aligned path was. I was just in pure struggle mode. So that's how I got to where I am. I love this. Well, one thing I love is I love your story and how you're sharing and like your resilience. But one thing I always find so interesting is how it's always the biggest hardships that cause the biggest breakthroughs, you know, and you shared about this pressure cooker after pressure cooker that had you have your NDE and, and that really then clarified where you're meant to go and what you're meant to do. And so I would love if you can share in more detail what your near-death experience was, because they're so different to person to person. And I just think that it would be really enlightening to hear that, you know, and, and to really experience like your resilience as you lived it. Yeah. Well, thank you for using the word resilience because there was a lot of resilience in this story. It's not your, even in the realm of NDEs, this is not your typical story. The more I tell this story, the more people come out of the woodworks and say, oh my gosh, I had something similar. My aunt had something similar. So I really think it is important to share these stories because they are so atypical and you don't hear about them. We don't talk about them, but I will say, so that said, if you hear six different people talk about a near-death experience where they actually cross over and then come back, actually kind of physically die and then come back, you do also at the same time hear a lot of similarities in the stories of what, what happens when they cross over and come back. And that's where my story gets very similar to others when I actually do cr cross over, but it's just the lead up to it. So I was in a very rock bottom place and um, really, really, really hating my life, like at all levels. And I just got this little voice. And at that point I was living a very third dimensional life, very didn't know much about spirituality. I had read like Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer, and I was just sort of scratching the surface of it all. And I got this little voice inside of myself um, that was telling me to quit my job and travel the world. And I was a very type A person at the time. So it was very unlike me to leave my career, which is what was really defining me at the time. But the voice was so strong, I couldn't deny it. So I didn't have any money in my savings account. I took out a $20,000 line of credit. And this was right when the subprime mortgage crash was happening and nobody was getting loans for anything. Somehow I just got this $20,000 line of credit loan over the phone in like two minutes. And I took that money. I bought an around the world airline ticket, quit my job. Again, all very, very, very unlike me, but it was, I just had this strong urge and sense that I needed to do this. And I got as far as Madrid. <laughs> when I got to Madrid, I was again, I, I the travel hadn't really solved anything because I hadn't, I wasn't really healing. Again, I think it was more, the trip started out more as escapism, which never really works, unfortunately. So I was still in a pretty bad place, like not knowing what to do, where to go, feeling in a lot of pain. And that's when a collection of consciousness arrived. 
And I didn't know what was happening to me. I thought I was going crazy many, many, many times throughout this whole experience. I thought I was going mad, but um, I was very clear. It, it, it took a while for me to communicate with this consciousness because I didn't really know how to channel and how to connect to the spiritual realm to get messages. But in time, I was able to communicate with this consciousness and learn that it was a collection of consciousness from my soul family and it called itself live. And I had agreed to live arriving on a soul level before I came into this lifetime in a, a sort of divine intervention to help me heal for some, from, from some very deep rooted past lifetime trauma I was carrying around. And there was no healer or therapist on earth in human form that could really help me with this because it was so entrenched inside my energy that I really needed a spiritual healing. I needed a, a spiritual coach, if you will, a guide. And that's what Liv was to me. And so Liv arrived and, um, and I, I learned how to communicate with this consciousness. This is a long story. I'm telling kind of, uh, giving a, a, a shorter version of a very long story. And I, I, I developed a real trust in this consciousness that I was learning to communicate with this. And this consciousness was saying that it needed to guide me to various and sundry points for me to trigger fear that's inside of me. So that fear can be experienced, felt, and you know, this is the energy healing process is experiencing the fear, the anxiety, the shame, whatever it is inside of us so that it can be released. So they were with intention guiding me to various uh, situations so that this wounding could be triggered, experienced and released. So it was like this deep healing. Well, they eventually guided me to Paris. And so then I was in Paris and this is when I, they started to guide me. And at this point I was really surrendered to this consciousness because it was such a consciousness of love. It was so high frequency. It was so wise. It was so loving. And this might be where it might be a little like sound a little strange. Like why, why was I listening to this voice? Why, you know, didn't I tell this voice to go take a hike? was because at this point I was, I had so much trust in it because of its high vibration, because of its love frequency, I was very surrendered. And this is when the, the, this consciousness asked me to start walking. And I was walking through the streets of Paris all day. And then they started guiding me to start walking all night. So I started walking kind of like 24 hours a day. And then there would be certain points where they would guide me back to the flat I was staying at. And I started to get very tired, of course. And anytime I got really tired, it guided me to take a shower to wake up. And so what was happening was this consciousness was actually guiding me with love and amazing wisdom to crossing over because I needed to cross over to heal and also to receive some downloads from the divine that I am meant to bring back to earth and share with other soul guided leaders. So it was kind of guiding me to that point where I would be so depleted of life force energy that I would cross over. And that's what ended up happening. I wasn't in physical pain. 
Um, I stopped being hungry. I stopped being thirsty. So I stopped eating. I stopped drinking and I was just walking. Clock time gets a little funny. Um, this happened over several days. Um, you know, my body started to give out on me a little bit for walking so much with so little nourishment. And at a certain point, the life force gave out inside of me. There was just no, there was no, no sleep, no water, no food. I was completely de depleted of life force to sustain physical life. So this is when they guided me. And at the whole time I was in a healing process, a deep, deep healing of really big past lifetime trauma that I had carried forth. So at a certain point when I was depleted, they guided me back to the, my flat. I literally had to crawl up the stairs. I could no longer walk. I crawled to my back to my door. I crawled into my bed and I laid down. And at this point, I didn't really, I knew I was going to cross over and I didn't, I, I, I really feared what my parents would think because it, my, I thought, well, if this is how I'm going to die, it's going to be really inexplicable. <laughs> like how did this very healthy, always very mentally healthy, very healthy 32 year old young woman die in a Parisian flat? It would be very, very inexplicable. There was no note. So I thought like, how are my parents going to understand what happened to me? But I wasn't afraid. I was not afraid to cross over. And so I just remember at that point that I was crossing over, I remember um, lifting up out of my body. And it, I remember I was on a very loud Parisian street with lots of bars. It was the middle of the night. And I remember just getting very quiet. I remember a, so a sound stopping and um, physically leaving my body and crossing over to something that was, so I thought that live, this collection of consciousness was so loving. Ha ha ha. Then I crossed over and it was, I was enveloped with a love that I have never, I, I, I didn't know this was like, there are really no words to describe it. It was the most loving, most wise, uh, love and wisdom are just the two words. And, um, I did not want, I look, I, I have, remember having a feeling of looking back down and seeing my broken body in the bed and saying, I don't want to go back to that broken thing. It hasn't been eating. It hasn't been drinking. Like it's in sad old shape and there'll be so much emotional healing yet to be done. I kind of knew that the healing journey had really just started in a lot of ways. And I said, I don't want to go back to that broken body. And this voice that was, you know, this collection of consciences. But at this point, I think I was very much tapped into source and source said, you, you're here, you, you have a lot to go back and heal from, and you are going to teach other people a lot of stuff. You have a big soul mission. You have not completed it yet. This is not your time to end this particular lifetime. So I knew that I had to go back. I knew I had more healing to do on a personal level, on a soul level. And I also knew I had a lot to give to others, healing to give to others and um, spiritual know-how to offer others. So I, I, uh, I returned to my physical body. And once I returned to my physical body, I remember sort of snapping back in 
kind of re-tethering, if you will. I remember tethering back into the body. And this is when fear kicked in. The only thing I had to do was sleep. I just needed sleep to start filling up my life force and then drink some water and then eat some food. That was really the only thing I had to do to sort of, on a physical level, repair myself. But I was really, at this point, then all of a sudden I was afraid to fall asleep because I was really afraid I'd never wake up. And I kind of had this realization that I didn't want to die. I wasn't ready to die. And um, I was really afraid to fall asleep. And um, I didn't, I, I remember at a certain point I did, I didn't sleep. <laughs> like, I just remember I was, I was so depleted. It wasn't even sleep. It was like consciousness went off, went off <laughs> and then consciousness went back on. That was like my, my air quotes sleep. And, and, and in time I, I was able to sleep. And then at a certain point, I, I think I slept for like 24 hours straight. Um, but, um, so, so, so then I came back and I was kind of on this, I was very fragile and I was on this long, long road of recovery, both just recovering from this big physical experience, but also this huge spiritual experience, this very, very large emotional experience, um, not having a single soul to talk to about it. You know, this was 2009. There wasn't the resources back then that there is now. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a healer. I didn't have a therapist. I had nobody. So that was maybe the hardest part when I came back, like to talk, like at that point, I just wanted a human being. I didn't want another soul guide. I didn't want, I just wanted a human being who understood or could help me put it into context or who could just listen to me without thinking that I had gone mad because it's very easy to look at my story and, and just conclude that I went crazy for a few days or had a mental breakdown, but I very, very, very much had a spiritual breakthrough. And so in time, you know, I started sleeping and I started eating and drinking and I was getting back on my feet. And then Liv said, okay, we're going to leave now. And I was like, what now? Oh, no, you're not. Like, I'm just kind of figuring this all out, this whole spiritual world and how to do it. And they said, we were here for a spirit, a period of time to help you heal. We've done what we we were meant to do. So now you need to learn how to connect into your own intuition, your own higher self. You need, you have all the tools. Now you need to learn how to do it all for yourself. So at a certain point, this collection of consciousness left as fast as they arrived. And then I really felt like at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm the last human being on earth. <laughs> I literally felt like the last person on earth. But you know, that's when, that's also the same time that, that I then started to hear again, the whisper of my own intuition. So not this collection of consciousness who'd kind of come in in divine intervention. It was me being a sovereign human being um, and reconnecting to my own intuition that started to then guide me forward. And then, the, so the path to recovery really commenced. Wow, that 
story was so amazing. I've never heard of a spiritual near-death experience, so this is new for me to hear, but it's very interesting because the ways that I feel I can relate to you are, you know, when I was in Bali in the spring, I did a mushroom ceremony. I don't know if you experiment with plant medicine at all, but like the way that you talk about the consciousness and like the fear of being a physical human being and just like you know, I, I think about when I was literally in that ceremony, the amount of times that I thought I was going to die and then I didn't die. And it's like this euphoric, like you are safe, you are connected. And it's just this, this knowing, like you're just connected to this knowing and it's very hard to explain, but there's like the, the, the humanness of our fear and our doubt just isn't present. And it's so pure. And so when I'm listening to you, I'm like, what I find so fascinating is that you know, there's a lot of similarities from, you know, for example, when I had that ceremony and to you sharing this, but you're living this like, quote, sober in the 3D realm and it's happening. It's not like you did an ayahuasca ceremony or combo or some sort of plant medicine. Like you're just literally in the 3D realm and it's happening, which is so intense. And I could totally understand the fear and the isolation that you felt like, who, who am I going to talk to about this? Because especially back then in 2009, like you said, spirituality and just like the internet with things online, it was just not there. It wasn't there. It's a very good analogy. What you just said was spot on. It was like going on an ayahuasca experience without the ayahuasca, but like <laughs> walking through the streets of Paris. Um, and, and you, you, you reach a point when you don't sleep where you do go into an altered reality in the same way that a plant can make you go into an altered reality. And that's what Liv was doing for me, guiding me. That's why they had, they guided me to stop sleeping, to take me in a natural way, if you will, without plants um, to this altered, this altered state. It was also like, when you go into an altered state, you're also more surrendered and your defense mechanisms are down. So some of the things that Liv was asking me to do, had I been more rested with uh, more uh, kind of my regular conscious awareness, I would have been like, hey, no, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, I'm not going to surrender to that. But when you go into this altered state, you are get to this very surrendered point. And that's when you, you surrender to it, you know, and, um, it's scary for sure, but it's also like, you're giving your soul what it needs. And the fear is not then holding you back to what you really need to happen. What needs to unfold on a soul level, you're going to allow the things that are meant to happen to happen. And fear will be the thing that will, will not allow it to happen this is too scary. I can't do this. People will think I'm nuts. You know? Yes. I really, yeah, go on. I, and I think that's the point Liv was trying to guide me to that super surrendered point. Totally. I, it's funny because hearing your story, I'm really getting present to like, I think consciously we, we know that fear holds us back. Like that's just obvious, but I'm really seeing in this as an example of you getting so tired, so depleted in this 3D body that there isn't even the energy to have fear. And it's because the fear isn't present that you have access to 
you know, a different experience, right? And and you make different decisions. And so it's just so interesting if people really want to experiment with like, what would actually happen if I let go of fear? I mean, it's it, if you're well rested and you're healthy and you're awake and you're fearful, it will be harder to let go because you have the energy to be in fight or flight, right? So then of course it's very, it's like, it's like attached to you because the fight or flight is just like, you have the energy to run. So it's really, exactly. I really, I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm just like processing, like that makes so much sense. You know, you were physically drained to the point where you had to release fear, but then look at this incredible experience that you had, right? The other thing about fatigue, and this is not at all like encouraging people to stop sleeping and go into this altered state. However, what I will say is the other thing about fatigue to severe fatigue is what was I doing as I was healing? I was processing intense trauma emotions, very intense. That's why I needed, it was so intense. I needed the divine intervention. Otherwise I could have gone to a healer or therapist and process my emotions, but this went above and beyond that. So Liv was guiding me to this ultra fatigued state so that I could process the emotions with greater ease. Cause again, you, you can't, when you are tired, you don't feel it as intensely. So why this could be helpful for the listener is, you know, often when we are going through an energy upgrade, just, you know, in our regular day, not going through an NDE, but let's say our energy is really upgrading and we feel like we're having sort of a spiritual experience in, 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 our, in, in, a, in a, uh, and what I mean by, so taking that again. So if we're going through an energy upgrade, which I define as those periods of time where energy is really growing and it's growing so that it can vibrate at higher frequencies and be a better match to the spiritual realm. One of the big characteristics of an energy upgrade is having trouble sleeping, the 3am wake up call, feeling very tired, having interrupted sleep. So if on your path, you're ever going through a period of time where you feel like you're going through something spiritual and as part of that, your energy is upgrading and you're getting that 3 a.m. wake up call for no particular reason and you just can't sleep and you are feeling fatigued, it is actually a really powerful time to connect into the body, connect into your heart space and just check in. Is there anything ready to be released? Any big emotions ready to be released? And or do my guides have a message for me? It's a very, very powerful time to connect into the spiritual realm. I feel like this is the first time ever in my life where being tired isn't framed as a bad thing. Like, actually, I couldn't tell oh. you how many times I've woke up in the middle of the night. Even last night, I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning and I thought it was, you know, based on the food that I've been eating lately. But hilariously enough, at 2.30 in the morning, I was awake till about 4.30 and I, I got this divine download about an offer. And I was laughing because I was like, oh my God, I already have all the pieces. Like I could just do this thing. And I don't know how big it's going to be, but it was just like, I'll, I'll be so tired. Like I want to sleep in the middle of the night. And then it's like, king, like, here's this idea, Kayla. And I'm like, why am I getting ideas in the middle of the night? And that's, you know, that's just an example of being awake in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I, I uh, submit that. Um, so there's a divine reason why this is happening. The 3 a.m. hour is the hour in our 24 hour clock where the veil is the thinnest from the, in the spiritual realm to the physical realm. And so our guides know that. 
And so when they really want to get our attention, when they really have a download for us, that will be a time where they will wake us up. They will energetically wake us up. And then the first thing it is, it's annoying. It's always annoying. I don't like to be woken up at 2 a.m. I like my sleep. I like a deep, my deep eight hours of sleep, right? But sometimes you will get that, you know, your higher self, your guides have the ability to kind of energetically wake you up. And then they come in with a download. And that's also when they can come in with healing where you're just, and the best thing to do actually is just sink in your body, go into an embodied state, be in your body, try not to grab a tablet or watch television or try not to go to a blue screen if you can, because that, you know, I'll do that in the middle of the night if I can't sleep, you know, grab my tablet and start scrolling social feeds. But if you can resist the urge to do that and instead just embody, go into your body, connect in. And that's when you just start, you, you might start feeling some physical sensations. It can feel like fizzy water being poured on your skin and, or it can kind of feel like it's your skin is burning, but it doesn't, it's not painful. That is energy release. That's blocked, wounded energy inside your energy system releasing. That is the energy healing process at play. And it's just a little gift that we sometimes get in the middle of the night where we can just wake up and release toxic stuff that is that has been trapped inside of us so that's the first thing and then the second thing is so is there anything to heal or release is a great question to ask and then the second question is guides what what do you have for me what are you trying to what message are you trying to get to me I feel like I'm gonna be excited when I go to bed tonight like hey (laughs) ready to wake up at 3 a.m like I'm here for it I'm really loving your perspective on everything that you're sharing right now. This is like such a juicy conversation. I'm just like, I just need to say that. I'm like, it's like bright and early for me over here in Canada. And I'm like, wow, this is a conversation. This is how I'm starting my Monday. Like, I'm so grateful. I I would love to ask you. So now we're going to kind of go back a bit because we're sort of, we're, we're, we're dancing in this conversation and I absolutely love it. When you started to recover from this spiritual near-death experience, what was the next steps that you took? Like, how did you, cause I would imagine this is really the catalyst of what got you into the work that you do in your business. And I, and I'm inviting you to share this specifically for the people who may have gone through this themselves. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm finally hearing a conversation where I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. And it's like, how do you navigate this? Cause I can tell just in your sharing, like you've, you just, you, you're tapped in obviously. Right. And I, I love you know, your perspective. So I want to, I want to steer the conversation back to that and then continue down yeah. that path. Totally. So the, the first thing that I really learned how to do, you know, when I came back and I was in the healing, I was in a healing and recovery, really a recovery from that very intense experience, both physically, emotionally, all the things. The first thing that I really had to learn to do was, um, be guided to my next best step by my higher self. Because thinking about like, at that point I was running out of money. Um, You know, my $20,000 line of credit had dwindled. I had no job lined up. Again, like I was very type A, always had finances well under control. This was all very new territory for me. I was always very financially independent. You know, I'm a farm kid from the upper Midwest. So we were you know, we're financially independent beings. So I was, I was like, how, 
am I going to get to the point where I'm, you know, back on my feet, paying my own rent. And, and that just felt like a thousand years away. I, I like, I don't even like, I don't even know how, like, I just need to figure out what I'm going to eat for breakfast this morning. Like I had to like, you know, I had to retrain myself to go from, all right, I always have the five-year plan. Now, like I see the next five years laid out in front of me to like, I just need to be soul guided to my very next step. That's the only thing I can do. I, I, you know, I, I call it like getting very local where you're just thinking about today or tomorrow and you're just suspending for a while what next month or next year or next decade needs to look like or you want it to look like. So I really, and that was very uncomfortable for me, very painful. I wanted to have it all figured out. You know, I wanted to go back to the old Allison who was career climbing and always had her next thing figured out. And, but that felt terrible. So I actually didn't want to go back to that. So it was a painful process of learning, surrendering, getting back to surrendering to what's my next best step. What's my next best step. So that eventually got me to, um, because I was, I was at this point, I was uh, living in my, well, I wasn't, I wasn't there very long. I came home and I was staying with my parents and I just knew I couldn't stay there very long. I was 32 years old. I was single. I didn't have kids at that point, but I'm like, I can't, I can't be here for very long. And I just got the call, like the same way I got the call to quit my job and travel the world. I got the call to go to San Francisco. <laughs> and I had, I, had, I had never been to San Francisco. I didn't know anyone there. It's a very expensive city. And I was pretty broke. So I said to higher self, like, are you sure? Because this seems a little bit silly to go there. And they're like, go to San Francisco. So I remember I, I decided to take the Amtrak train to San Francisco. So I remember getting on the train at three o'clock in the morning in Fargo, North Dakota, and my poor, poor parents who had just, you know, they knew I'd gone through this big experience in Paris and all they wanted to do is keep me home to like help me recover. But I was like, I, I, I can't be here. This is not where I'm meant to recover. I got to keep going. And so they were very loving and they put me on the train and there I was off again, off into the great unknown. And I rented this flat. I, I found this really wonderful woman. I rented a room in her apartment and I just for about, I would say for about eight weeks, I just did something I've never really done in my life. I went to yoga every day. I cooked really, really healthfully for myself. I gave up alcohol. I gave up caffeine. I gave up sugar. I was eating really green and healthy. I wasn't working. So I had time to do all that. Right. And every day I got a, I got a San Francisco public library card and, you know, when, and if there's any public library in the world that would have a huge section on spirituality, it's in San Francisco, right? So they had this huge section on metaphysics and spirituality. And I literally just started reading every book I could get my hands on because I was trying to understand what the bleep had just happened to me. I was trying to put it all into context. So I just started reading every day and I read and I read and I went to yoga and I cooked healthy foods and I you know, connected to a few friends and met up with friends in the evening. And that was it. That was my road to recovery right there. But I was also running out of money. 
So that started to feel, I was like, okay, higher self, I'm running out of money. And I just wasn't the person that was ever going to ask my parents for money. Um, my line of credit is running out. Like, what do I do now? And my higher self was just saying, trust, trust, trust. And literally when I was about down to just a few cents in my bank account, my old boss found me. And I don't know how he found me, but he found me and he said, I'll never forget. He called me on the phone. He said, I've been looking for you everywhere. I thought that you were at the, like, I thought you, had, he didn't say like, I thought you had died, but he said something kind of like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> I was like, oh, little do you know, I actually was dead. Um, and he offered me a job in Afghanistan. It was really kind of in my old career in international affairs. It was really kind of a dream job and it was very high paying and very high status. And I said, and he said, I had 24 hours to think about it. So I hung up the phone and I thought, there's no way I'm too fragile. I mean, I was still literally getting my sleep back under my feet after like, after all those, all, all that sleeplessness. And I was like, I can't go to a war zone. Um, this is ridiculous. Higher self. I can't go. Right. And this is when my higher self said, nope, you're going. And this is when I just downloaded the poem from St. Uh, Francis of Assisi, which I, I never had memorized, but it just came to me, the poem or the prayer rather, you know, where there is hate, let me sow love. And they, I, it was just very clear. You're going to Afghanistan. You're going to Afghanistan. You're going. So I called back this old boss the next day and I said, okay, I'm going. And they said, well, you need to be in Washington, D.C. in five days. So I said goodbye to San Francisco. I packed up my stuff. And I went to Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I had, within six months, I had enough money in my bank account to pay off everything I owed, paid off all my line of credit, all my maxed out credit cards. I had everything paid back within six months. And the first day I landed in Afghanistan, the very first person I met when I arrived was the man that I eventually married, my, my husband. So um, that was kind of a whole new chapter. But the point of that whole story really is I learned how to go from just the next step to the next step following my higher self, even when I thought my higher self was crazy. Like, I can't go to Afghanistan. Are you nuts? But my higher self was like, yeah, you can. <laughs> and you're gonna, um, because that's what you need on a soul level to really, you know, get to where you need to go. And counterintuitively, it was kind of exactly what I needed to get back on my feet. So I I did go back to my old, after my NDE, I did go back to my old career for a while because I was, I didn't even know what coaching was. I didn't even have coaching vocabulary at that time. So I, I really did have to go back to the old career for a while. And then I eventually found coaching, which I eventually found, you know, the work that I'm doing today, but I, I really did initially have to go back to the old career for a while.
I love your story. I'm so captivated. I'm just sitting here like leaning on my hand, like just soaking up everything. Like it's just like a movie playing in my mind right now. And I'm just, I really am so grateful that you're giving such powerful examples of what it actually means to follow your intuition. And I love that you're giving the examples of like this drops in and then your, your humanness is like, no, that's not right. And then it's like, yes, like it's your intuition is like, yes, it is. And it's really what you're doing. And I want to point this out to the listeners is you're being unreasonable. You're not giving into the reasons of why you should or shouldn't do something because that is, that is operating in the 3d realm, right? It's like, Oh, society says you should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't go into debt. You should blah, blah, blah. And it's like the intuition will usually not make sense. Like here we are talking about it, waking us up at 3am. Where's the logic in that? That is unreasonable to be woken up in the middle of the night, especially in that context. Like obviously if you have a baby and you're being woken up in the middle of the night, that makes sense. But in this situation, it's unreasonable. And so I just love this because this being unreasonable, the way that you receive downloads and the way you take action is what creates an unreasonable life. That's like exactly how you want it to be. And so I'm really listening to you and I'm really hearing this. And I just wanted to amplify that because it was really standing out to me. I want to reflect to the listeners how actively you're listening to me. And I just want you to, I want you to know, I want the listeners to know that it took me so long to be able to tell this story. I was terrified to tell it because I thought this is so out there. Nobody's going to get it. Um, and uh, so I, I've learned to overcome that fear and I've learned how to talk about it confidently, but to have you just so actively listening to me from your heart, I can feel like this very active listener. It's really powerful. And I just want to say how, how grateful I am for you for doing that. Oh my gosh. Yes. And honestly, it's, it, I really love the courage that you have in sharing this. And just so that the listeners know, like before, before we hit record and I said, I want you to talk about this. And it's funny because I know that you had sent me resources, but I'm the type of person I like to come into conversations for lack of a better word, naive, because I don't, I don't, I want it to be unbiased. And I just want to open the floor and be like, what's going to happen? Like, this is how my podcast goes. This is how I interview people. And so for you to come in and you're like, oh, well, just so you know, it's not like a traditional near-death experience. It's actually very spiritual. I'm like, this fucking woo-woo. Like, I talk about (laughs) spirituality, all the things all the time. Like, just tell it how you want to tell it. And it's, it's been so enriching. Like, I just really want to mirror that back to you because it's, yeah. And I'm excited to hear what people have to have to say about it because it's just like, it's just so inspiring too. You know that the level of trust that you created with yourself and your intuition and even just the ability to listen to yourself and differentiate between like, okay, this is my ego. This is my 3D fear telling me no. And this is my intuition. And that's really what's creating your life. And when you, as soon as you said to you, like what the first person I met in Afghanistan, I was like, I knew right away. I was like, that was her husband. Like straight up. That's exactly what happened. And that's why you had to go there. And so oh, I just, I'm loving this so much. So can you share a bit more about how, I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with is like when they, when they really get into spirituality and they have their own breakthroughs and they want to help people, they don't know how to get into, let's say, you could say starting a coaching business or under more specifically understanding how to leverage their gifts to support others. Cause that is like the number one thing when I connect with people on social media and I'm like, Hey, what got you into the work that you're doing all the time? Had this experience was in depression 
almost died, plant medicine, whatever it is, always gets them into that realm. And I would just love to hear how you took these experiences that you had with the minimal coaching language and things that you said, and you, you really started something for yourself because I feel like that it's in itself is like such a golden nugget to share. Yeah. So I knew, so I went back to the old career and I was kind of the new improved me, but it was still the old career that I didn't want to be in anymore. So it was not a match, but I didn't know. I I knew I wanted to have a paycheck. I didn't want to go back to this, like living off credit cards. So I was like, I got to stay here in this place that pays my bills and tell that which point that I can find something else that pays my bills that feels more aligned. So I was open to that. I didn't know what that thing was going to be. So I just started creating. I started writing a book. I wrote two full-length books and both of them I were like, these are great. These are just not the books that I want to get published. And then I was like, I, I got the the first nudge I got was to actually to create. Okay, that was the first nudge. So I wrote the books. And then the second strong nudge was to do something entrepreneurial, to start something entrepreneurial, but I had no idea what I was going to sell. So I enrolled in Marie Forleo's B-School and I had no product. I had no idea. And I was just like, you know, how to run an online business. And it was in B-School that I heard people talking about life coaching. I'd never heard of it before. And I was like, well, that sounds very hokey, hokey pokey. Like, what is this? Like, you know, weird stuff. But then that quickly led me to, and again, this is like where the soul guided, you know, breadcrumbs, you just keep following the breadcrumbs, which got me to Marie Forleo, got me to life coaching. And then that got me very quickly to my next breadcrumb, which was Martha Beck. And she is a coach who um, trains life coach coaches, and she's very spiritual. And I started reading her books and I just like devoured them because she was just speaking to me like, oh my God, this woman. And she had a similar story that she tells about when she had a son um, with Down syndrome. And when she was pregnant, she was hearing voices because she was thinking about terminating the pregnancy. And the voices came in and were like, and this was back, okay, now we're used to voices, right? But this was back, like she wrote this book back in like the late 1990s when nobody was hearing, writing about hearing voices. And she had the courage to write about hearing voices and these voices, which she thought were, she doesn't, she doesn't say this, but later she says she believes that they were a group of angels that came in and was like, do not terminate this pregnancy. You know, this child is meant to be born. So then once I got into Martha Beck, this was when I just kept following the breadcrumbs. I got my life coach certification, my master coach certification, and then I just kept following breadcrumbs. And then this is the thing that got really powerful, I think. What did I really, so life coaching is very general, right? You can be a life coach on a million different things, but I really landed on, I want to be a spiritual coach, a mentor. I want to help spiritual entrepreneurs run their business and connect to and co-create with the spiritual realm. That level of specifics just came organically when I was in the creative process. So I followed the breadcrumbs, like following that voice of the higher self, following my body, getting those full body yeses, like, yes, this is my next thing. And once I was in the life coaching and I was working with clients, 
because I started out as sort of a career coach and a creativity coach, and that wasn't quite right, but I didn't know what was right. So I just started, you know, following what felt right, but it was in the coaching sessions that my methodology just birthed itself. Like it just came out of me. And this is when I started to realize like, oh, the client I want to work with is a business owner, a spiritual person who is looking for spiritual growth whilst they grow their business. And that was like what came out of me in the creative process. So I do think it is that process of connecting to the higher self to be led to the next best thing, following those breadcrumbs that are left for you, right? And then once you are following the breadcrumbs, then just being engaged in the creative process and noticing whatever your creative process is, whether you're a writer or an artist or a fill in the blank, and in that creative process, what is coming out of you that just feels right and aligned, that is the process that's going to get you to that clarity of like, this is who I am. This is what I want to be offering people. This is who I want to be working with. I so resonate with everything that you're sharing because I've had my own flavor of experience. Like I, I, when I look at my whole path, like I knew back in 2014 that I wanted to be a coach because I, that was my first experience with personal development. And from then I became a teacher. Like I finished my teaching degree and then I taught for a year and I was like, this isn't it. And then I got into personal training and then I was like, this isn't it, but I love the coaching. And then I got into mindset coaching and it was like general mindset coaching. And then after a couple of years, I found human design and gene keys. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. So I dove into that. And then I realized, oh, I want to work with spiritual entrepreneurs. So I dove into that. And it's just like, it's been like almost a five-year journey specifically in the online coaching space for me, but it's been very similar to you where it's like, you just have to follow the nudges. And it's like, I think the biggest thing that entrepreneurs need to understand is that I think it's rare for a whole picture to just drop in and for you to know exactly what you're doing for the next five years like your entrepreneurship as much as you you know you want to create something that's scalable and that is going to impact a lot of people like it's it's like the little compounding breadcrumbs are is what's going to build a loaf you know what I mean exactly exactly and and your first breadcrumbs, you're probably going to second guess. Like it's that whole hero's journey. You know, you get the the call to action that you deny, you know. And when I first heard life coaching, I'm like, oh my God, that is the hokiest thing I've ever heard of. And I will not pursue that. No. And then it just kept coming up. And so, and I I literally remember I went to the, uh, the, the B-School uh, Facebook group and I just said, I'm thinking about becoming a life coach. What certification programs do you recommend? And I remember the first person to comment, she just wrote Martha Beck, who I had never heard of before. And I got that intuitive hit. I'm like, oh yeah, this feels right. Now I don't have, I've totally left the Martha Beck world. Like I don't really follow her at all anymore, but she was a person I needed on my path. Like she served that purpose when I needed her. And then once I didn't need that, that support anymore. I moved on. Right. I think that's another characteristic. You don't always, sometimes you find something and it's with you forever, but sometimes you just need it for a month or a year or whatever it is to get you to that next step. Yes. And I relate to that too. And I want to share that to normalize it for the audience. Like somebody that I follow deeply and I did her certification program is Christy Whitman. 
And, you know, she's written some amazing books. She channels, like she's very spiritual, Abraham Hicks. Like it was just big time manifestation, frequency, energy. And I don't typically talk about that, but obviously I believe in it because this entire conversation has been about frequency and energy and intuition and all of that, right? But it's like, I think it's just really trusting wherever you're at in your journey and just really taking as much as you can from that experience, because, you know, we connect the dots looking backwards. Like you can't connect them looking forward. It's like looking back and seeing, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Why all of these things happen the way that they did. So I love that you're, it's like, you're validating me. I feel like I'm validating you. I'm like amplifying the things that need to be like heard by the listeners to normalize their experience. Like, oh, this has just been such a great conversation. Totally. 100%. Love it. I would love if you can share with our audience the ways that they can connect with you in the online space and some of the work that you do if they want to work with you. And I'm going to share these resources in the show notes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. So if you want to learn more about me, I also have a podcast and Kayla is going to be a guest on my podcast, Soul Guide Radio, which is really for soul guided leaders and entrepreneurs looking to earn more, serve more and grow spiritually along the way. I do have a freebie that I think is super, super high value. It's called 10 High Vibe Minutes. And I call it the ultimate morning routine for busy soul guided entrepreneurs. And it really is a way to start your day in the right energy, focused on the right business priorities so that you really get into energetic alignment to the soul of your business and the work that you really feel called to do in in your life. And it's just a very quick uh, uh, 10 minute routine, which can actually be even boiled down to 30 seconds if that's all you have. And then the last thing I'll mention, I do have a membership for soul guided entrepreneurs and it's, uh, you know, we, we have a monthly theme where I uh, channel what's happening in the collective energy. And we base, uh, I offer some guided meditations and worksheets around that theme. And I offer spiritual tools to grow a soul guided business. So it's called the soul guide collective. So if you're interested in joining a membership to get really powerful tools to both grow spiritually and grow a soul aligned business, then you might want to check it out. Oh, so many great resources. Thank you for sharing that. So I have one last question that I always love to ask my interviewees, and that is, what is an intuitive piece of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with today? I'm going to channel your listeners. (laughs) So I give them exactly what they need on a soul level. So the message coming through is, listen, (laughs) you are more intuitive than you think you are. And you too have the ability to get to be so soul guided that you're getting the downloads, you're getting unquestionable clarity, you're birthing the methodology that comes from your higher self, comes from source. So all you have to do is just start the journey or refortify your journey or up level your journey wherever you are to just on the daily connect into your higher self there's a lot of different ways to do it the way i teach is deep breaths pivot your awareness down connect your heart space your heart energy and then set the intention to connect your higher self your spirit guide source whoever ask questions because it's a process of inquiry that gets you the answers and then perceive what you receive coming back in response And the more you do it, the more you flex your intuitive muscles, the stronger they're going to get.
So beautiful. I needed to hear that today too. So thank you. I want to thank you again, Allison, for coming on. I loved our conversation. It was so nourishing. I'm so satisfied and I just absolutely love your story. And I'm so grateful. And I really want to acknowledge you for having the bravery and the courage to say it like it is, because that's such a permission slip for people. And I just, I really, really loved your story. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. You're a great interviewer. And I've uh, had told my story and it's just landed so beautifully the way it is today. And I've told this story and it's landed flat and it's, it's, it's not fun when it lands flat. So to have the story land the way it has today, it's really like, I feel like this is how it's meant to be. And this is how it's meant to serve others. So I just want to thank you for holding that space for me. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. So thank you again. And I want to thank all the listeners. Make sure you check the show notes for the freebies. Get connected with Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out her channel because we'll have an interview on there together as well. And if you can take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a review, I would deeply appreciate that. And I'll chat with you in the next episode.